Let us pray. Open our eyes, dear Lord, that have been blinded by the allure and trinkets of this world, that we might see you more clearly. Warm our cold hearts to love you more dearly. And strengthen our feeble and anxious wills to follow you more nearly. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I wonder if you've uh, noticed that we have a new biometric security technology. It used to be keys in our lock, and then we would punch in our code. Then it went to thumbprints, and then a retina scan. And finally, now we've come up, they've come up apparently with uh, some promise, a gate technology. Not a gate that you open in a fence, but a gate how you walk. This uh, technology is uh, developing, if you've seen Mission Impossible, the last one, it's included in that movie. Some people disdain that, but it seems that it's a, a likely possibility. It's, uh, there's going to be a paper presented at a conference uh, coming up in Washington, D.C., uh, and they are developed an app using the accelerometer and the uh, gyroscope already in most smartphones so that when you have your pocket in your phone, they can identify how you walk. And that if it's in somebody else's pocket, like if your children have stolen your smartphone, it can shut it down. Not only that, but they're saying it could have some medical uh, applications, that it could detect quite early on a change in gait that might reflect an onset of Parkinson's disease or some such thing as that. It reminds one of Monty Python's the Ministry of Silly Walks. You've seen Monty Python. Why do I say all that? Well, if you turn in your Acts reading in the Acts chapter 9 this morning, Paul asked, or Saul, asked for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. The way. In the book of Acts, the followers of Jesus seem to prefer to refer to themselves as of the way. And the word Christians, although that comes up once, seems to be a derogatory term used by their opponents to put them down. Now, why would they use the way? John Stott says in his commentary on this passage, it is interesting that Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, Judaism, and Islam all in differing degrees, use the imagery of the way or the path. Now, we don't use that very much in referring to ourselves as followers of Jesus. We're much more used to saying Christians. What can we learn by thinking about the designation, the way? If you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings, as I am, you'll remember that Frodo and Sam Gamgee are just getting out on their journey, and all of a sudden, Sam stops. And he says, this is it. Frodo turns around and he says, this is what? Sam says, if I take one more step, it will be the furthest from home I've ever been. And Frodo says, come on, Sam. Remember what Bilbo used to say? It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. I like to think that the early Christians referred to themselves as of the way because following Jesus was meant to be an adventurous journey. 
It's also because he claimed to be the way. When we worship Jesus, we remember that he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the leader and we're the followers. And sometimes we kind of get it turned around. And the things we get absorbed in, we ask him to follow and bless. We as a church sometimes see what the, ch- the world has come up to and are in a hurry to bless it and get on board. But Jesus is our guide and it is him that shows us the way. Last night our EYC went to George Observatory. Um, And along the way, found out that Clay and Jack are very uh, informed astronomers. And uh, so it was a great fun. But when we're gathering in the parking lot, as it's getting dark, uh, the three drivers, none of them really, well, Meredith did, we didn't really know where we're going. So, of course, we get out our GPS to go see the stars. And so we started talking about in days past, people would use the stars to find out where to go. And we become so kind of disenfranchised from God's natural world that we rely on technology. And sometimes in the church we get really separated from our own personal walk with Jesus Christ. And we look to other places for direction. C.S. Lewis has written a great book called The Great Divorce. Uh, It's a bus trip from hell to heaven. Happens every day. Anybody can go on it that they like. I really recommend you read this. So the uh, seven people come from hell, they get to heaven, they're met by bright angels, and the angels try to convince them to stay in heaven. And they all have reasons to go back where they came from, except for one. But they meet one person, and uh, they don't identify him, but they say he has gaiters. Now, if you grew up in British society, the people noted for wearing gaiters were bishops. And I wondered if gaiters had anything to do with our gait. So the angel's meeting this bishop, and he says to him, well, that is a plan, as the person tries to convince him to stay. I'm perfectly ready to consider it. Of course, I should require some assurances. I should want to guarantee that you are taking me to a place where I I shall find a wider sphere of usefulness and scope for the talents that God has given me, and an atmosphere of free inquiry. In short, all that one means by civilization, uh, I mean uh, the spiritual life. And the angel says, no, I can promise you none of those things. No sphere of usefulness. You are not needed there at all. No scope for your talents, only forgiveness for having perverted them. No atmosphere of inquiry, for I will bring you to the land, not of questions, but of answers. And you shall see the face of God. So the bishop says, ah, but we must interpret all those beautiful words in our own way. For to me, there is no such thing as a final answer. The free wind of inquiry must always continue to blow through the mind. Must it not? Prove all things. To travel, hopefully, is better than to arrive. And the angel says, if that were true and known to be true, how could anyone travel? Hopefully, there would be nothing to hope for. The picture we have in in Revelation of heaven is the destination. In the meantime, we are on the way. But we are on the way to heaven, to that relationship with God, to that sense of security. So the first thing we know about being referred to as people on the way is that Jesus is the way and is our guide. The second thing is uh, we need to be on the way. One of the saddest comments in the Easter story in the Gospels, of course, is the two disciples... 
uh, on the retreating from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and Jesus meets them, and Luke says, they were standing still, looking sad. Bishop Michael Marshall said, it's a great description of some of the church today, standing still, looking sad. Martin Luther King Jr. said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Rick Warren said, uh, cites this passage from Mark. And Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him. And Rick Warren says, I don't know what step you need to take next, but I do know you need to take it. For some of you, the next step is to accept Jesus Christ into your life. For others, it may be to get baptized. Maybe you need to join a church, get into a small group, tithe, develop a ministry, go on a mission trip, or invite a friend to church. I don't know what your next step is, but I do know this. You have one. God will never be finished taking you deeper into faith and discipleship. There is always the next step. When I was a young man living in Toronto, I had the great privilege. I was looking for an apartment for two or three months. I happened to be attending a church where some football players from the Toronto Argonauts uh, attended church. That was from the Canadian Football League. Anybody know the Canadian Football League? Thanks, Alan. Thank you. So Pete Mueller found out I was looking for an apartment. He was going off to a mission trip in Thailand, and he offered me his apartment and his car, threw me the keys. And I was really struck by this, you know, captain of the football team, lives in a very modest apartment, had a very modest little car. But on the inside door of his apartment, so when he would leave, he was a very dedicated Christian. When he would open the door to go out, there was a little sign taped to the inside of his door. And it said, take measurable steps of faith. Take measurable steps of faith. What would it mean for us to take steps of faith that we could measure? that we could be held accountable for, that we could be responsible for. Run the race that is set before you. Actually, because I remembered that story, I called Pete Mueller. Uh, he's out in Calgary now, the head of a Christian uh, college. And number three, so Jesus is the way. We need to be on the way. And number four, we go the way that Jesus went. When he, last week, when he breathed on the disciples three times and said, peace be with you, he then said... As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. How did he send Jesus? He sent him in love to those who had rejected him, to those who would ultimately crucify him, to those who are lost and sad and sick and lonely. And he sends us there as well. He leads us. The way is for us, I think, out of our comfort zone. Out of the area we're comfortable. Do you remember the disciples in the gospel reading today? Jesus had risen from the dead, but they still didn't know what to do. So they defaulted to what they knew. They went back to being fishermen. Jesus had called them. You're no longer going to be fishermen. You're going to be my disciples. But they defaulted. And so how often we default to where we're safe. We know what we're doing. We get some affirmation. And it's really scary to step out of that to maybe where we will be misunderstood. If you look at the end of the gospel reading today, for Peter, who ran to the open tomb, Jesus says to him, you will be led by someone where you don't want to go, to indicate the death by which he would die. He didn't say, Peter, I'll get you out of it. He didn't say, Peter, I'll be with you. 
He didn't say, Peter, do you want to think about it again? Peter was resolved to follow him no matter what. For him, it was going to mean uh, death. What are we prepared to do? Jesus says to us, I think, just as he said to Peter at the very end of today's gospel, follow me. And we, like the prophet Micah, are called to walk humbly. That people would see that we walk differently. We walk to different places. Our faith means something. We walk the walk as well as talk the talk. I think it's about a decision and it's about our gate. Because you will have eaten the bread and drunk the wine. Because you will have acknowledged your sin and been assured of your forgiveness. Because you have read the word of God and sung his praises. May our lives be different. Church is not for hanging around or hiding out. Not licking our wounds or pretending we're better. It is about going out on mission. In the way. If you look at the very back page of your bulletin, it says at the very end, the dismissal. I grew up thinking the dismissal meant, oh good, this part's over. I can get back to what I was doing before. But let's remember the, the root word of dismissal is mission. Rather, it means now that you have been fed, now that you have been instructed, let's go and do it in the way. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.